when it comes to mental health in our societies, is everything we're seeing in our world a mental illness? If you leave it to many mental health care professionals, they will say unequivocally yes. But is that what all mental health care professionals have to say? In this video, we're going to listen to people like Dr. Phil and get their perspective as well as we're going to look at a, another doctor, listen to another doctor, a Dr. Gallagher, who has some experiences that Dr. Phil does not have, but who is also just as qualified and people that you may never hear about because when you talk about things like the supernatural, you're not going to get their input as well as I'm going to share with you my experiences, both as a licensed mental health care professional here in California, as well as a oneness apostolic Pentecostal, oneness Pentecostal, apostolic Pentecostal. And you can give any and all feedback, your experiences uh, in the comments below or in the ratings if you're listening on the audio version of this podcast episode. So thank you for joining me. If this is the first time we're meeting, my name is Chris, and this is Foundation Bible Studies, where we help connect you with your creator in Jesus Christ, both informationally and experientially, so you can fulfill the purpose that he created you for. And so with that, I am a licensed mental health care professional here in the state of California. I've been licensed since 2014, been in the field actively since 2015. I am currently going back to school uh, for my bachelor's in psychology, only two classes away. I am a licensed psychiatric technician, which holds the same license level as a uh, LVN here in California and um, just continuing to go on. And this video, I this is one of those exciting videos for me because it involves my two passions, which are my love of God and his word, as well as psychology, mental health. Abnormal psychology has been my experiential field since 2015. So uh, with that, we're going to jump in and let me know. Give me some feedback in the comments below as we go through this or in the in the ratings if you're listening on the audio version and let us jump into this so we're going to start off with dr phil and get the input of the story we're just going to kind of let the video play out the audio play out and you can uh listen along if you're uh, driving or whatever you're doing and i would encourage you to go back watch the video and you can kind of see what's going on as well Victoria's father says she was a happy child until one day he came home from work and found a very different little girl. Three weeks ago, I discovered that my daughter was raped. I was upset when I found out about it, and even more upset when I found out it was 13 years ago. Why did So just off the top, he says right here that his daughter was raped, and when you go back and you listen to um people that have come out of occult practices not that she's involved as we'll find out but many times it is such things that uh invokes and gives demons evil spirits place in the lives of people trauma things like that um yeah so let's keep going but i will pause time to time for the sake of copyright issues didn't she say anything? I don't know if all these problems we are having 
all stems from the rape. Maybe I didn't say the right things to her, and she's taking it out on me. Thomas is a good guy. So one thing I do appreciate is that the father does take responsibility for his any part that he plays in this. Um, I think that's really big of him. Uh, shows a lot of care and compassion, um, whereas maybe some parents will try to push off the responsibility, but um, shows a lot, says a lot. I wish he could get a steady job and get out of the house more. I think things would be a little easier that way. Victoria tells me that she sees demons. So uh, here, bring in the boyfriend. You'll see more about his significance in this story in a few minutes. Um, but here, he says that his daughter tells him he sees demons, which um, doesn't necessarily have to be a traumatic thing, uh, overly demonization or anything like that. But we'll we'll get to those talking points. Let's keep going. They're not drug addicts. They're not alcoholics. If she believes she sees these things, I cannot call her a liar. So I like that he says that they are not drug addicts. They are not alcoholics. And this is big because in the mental health field, um, what I have seen and what many, many healthcare professionals see is that uh, a lot of mental illness is what's called substance-induced psychosis. And so you see uh, people when they do meth, when they just, you know, have alcoholic tendencies, um, alcohol abuse, substance abuse tendencies, um, you get to see that people start hallucinating, hearing voices, seeing things, smelling things. But he says that his daughter and her boyfriend are neither one of these things. Um, and so we're going to get into Dr. Phil's perspective and, uh, and you're going to be, and I'm going to point out the things you can hear that he says or doesn't say that shows his lack of, um, spiritual, supernatural insight and experience. Well, Mark is joining us now. Thank you for being here. Do you perceive <laughs> Dad don't your sound daughter to be demon-possessed? Uh, no. Why do you question whether or not she's demon-possessed? Why, why do you think that? I just don't believe that. I, I don't see it. I don't hear her, you know, screaming and thinking that. I, I just don't believe it. I can't. So one thing when it comes to demon possession is that not everybody or demons are not manifesting all the time if they are possessed uh, by a demon. Kind of that point of what we believe uh, societally, pop culture, you know, what it means to be possessed. And that has been my experience as well. I've come in contact with people who were possessed and until the demon manifested itself, until it came in, uh, until it came in contact with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in and through a believer individually or in a spirit-filled service uh, in a spirit-filled church, that demon did not manifest uh, initially. 
But when they came in contact with the supernatural presence of God, the supernatural spirit of Jesus Christ, um, then it began to manifest. So just because a person isn't screaming, isn't throwing people around, doesn't mean that they're not possessed. Uh, it just means that the spirit is not manifesting in that regard. If we're talking about the uh, spiritual aspect in uh, this situation. My, my thinking is this. You, you guys are now in a trap because you see yourself as, as being cleansed and her not. And so you're afraid of her being demon possessed. And if she doesn't buy in to the concept and get cleansed, then here you are with some demon possessed woman. I think it's funny. I mean, prayerfully, she is not possessed. Um, you can be spiritually sensitive, especially the women are typically more spiritually sensitive than the men. Hence why you have psychics and mediums uh, that are in abundance of women more than men. Um, but it, I think it's sad that he pits one against the other uh, in that regard. But you can kind of see he he he's already defaulting to kind of a divisive point, which I think says a lot about where he's coming from. Uh, divide and conquer, so to say. But let's keep going. You know, there's 297 diagnoses in this Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association that... I would work through before I went to some paranormal higher order level of explanation because this is something that I like her her stern face she has like uh, whatever bro like sure but that's how it is people can't argue with I and I get it I totally get the mental illness thing like I said I've worked in a field so I, I totally get uh, people hearing stuff, seeing stuff. The first time I interacted with somebody who uh, was schizophrenic and hallucinated, actually they had delusions. They weren't schizophrenic um, from what I understood as a student. The very first time I came in contact with somebody who was delusional, it was mind-blowing because they were telling me about uh, this situation that they had to keep hush-hush, but... Uh, they were telling me that they were the ones who created the space shuttle, came up with it, but they couldn't tell me. Uh, they weren't supposed to be telling me, so they were kind of whispering, or they couldn't tell us because they, uh, me and another student, and um, they were fully convinced about it. And this was two presidents ago, and so they were like, "If if the president finds out, I'm gonna get in trouble, so uh, I can't talk too loud." And it just really blew my mind to see. I, at first, I thought he was messing around because I was a student. We students wear certain uniforms, and I thought he was just kind of messing around, trying to uh, trying to get us because we're students. But after a while, I realized, like, no, this guy is really fully convinced. He he invented the space shuttle, and so uh, I totally get the mental illness aspect. I don't um, discredit the mental illness aspect of. Uh, of things and we're going to get into that we're going to see what god has to say on the matter um when it comes to doctors mental illness the supernatural you can do something about mm -hmm. 
And when I, I look through here, I, I can't diagnose you sitting here mm -hmm. um, because I would have to go through a whole lot of uh, diagnostic process to do it. But I can tell you on the short list of considerations would be post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, of course. Uh, and he's going to go down the list, and he's absolutely right when it comes to these diagnoses, um, sitting, listening to doctors and listening to their uh, to them diagnose different people and them teaching us as psychiatric technicians about uh, diagnosing and then us uh, being in this field for however long we've been in that in the field as a mental health care worker, uh, you get to pick up on these things, these diagnoses and why and how they go about diagnosing them. And then, of course, going back to school uh, for psychology is driving at home kind of doubly, triply for me. So he's absolutely right in this regard, of course, being a mental health care professional. From what you've been through, uh, you know, chronic depression and and anxiety, certainly potential of personality damage and disorders from, from what has happened to you. So, of course, again, he, he's right in that regard. And, of course, he's a doctor. I'm not, my license is not the same as his, but being in the healthcare field, he's right in that just these different areas that can be affected by such trauma, by such events. Um, uh, you think of soldiers that deal with PTSD, Sometimes they wake up screaming because of their dreams or they hear gunshots or bombs going off. And this is 100% accurate just on the mental health aspect of it. But you can kind of see his attitude when it comes to the supernatural aspect of it, too. That has never been tended to. Why can't this be a possibility of a demonic attack? You know, Look, I, I don't rule out any possibilities, but look, this is chestnut checkers. So he doesn't rule out any possibilities, um, as he said, but, and he doesn't, and here, and here's where I think his argument breaks down. I did try to find what Dr. Phil's spiritual background was. I, ha I couldn't find anything. Let me know in the comments below if you can, or in the review. And uh, I tried to find his spiritual background, his spiritual experiences. I couldn't find any, but, um. He talks about playing chestnut checkers, and you can kind of see he's dismissive. He doesn't give any reasons why uh, he wouldn't dismiss it. He doesn't say, well, I don't dismiss anything I've experienced, liberty, blue, blah, one, two, three, four. He just dismisses it and moves on, and that's that's really how it's like uh, in a disagreement or in when people are talking and somebody's just dismissive of a point, they don't even... Uh, hit on the point they just move right past it to try to get to their point and that's what dr phil is doing here he's moving past the point of the spirituality aspect the possible spirituality aspect and um and getting to just what he knows so that's something to be mindful of uh like i said not that mental illness is wrong we're going to get to that biblically um but i just wanted to point out and i'm gonna link this down below whether on the youtube or on the podcast episode and uh i want to go to another video and i wanted to bring up that uh you know dr phil's perspective we're going to look at another doctor who has high uh who who is licensed just like dr phil 
who comes from a very prestigious school background and yet you kind of hear the difference or you absolutely hear the difference at least in my ears being a mental health professional and a uh, Pentecostal uh, spirit-filled uh, Christian I absolutely hear the difference in what how they talk and what they talk about um, so let's look at that so this is Dr. Richard Gallagher as I said I will link this down below and this video is much longer so I won't go I won't let the whole thing play but we're going to just hit some points and we're going to um, get some points that we need out of here and then I'm going to give some feedback on my experience and input both as a mental health care licensed mental health care worker um, as well as a spirit-filled Pentecostal uh, believer. What is the evidence demon possession is real and what do exorcisms actually entail? Our guest today, Dr. Richard Gallagher, is the author of a book called Demonic Foes. He's going to help us think through these issues and more. Dr. Gallagher, you are a board-certified psychiatrist who teaches at Columbia. You did your residency at Yale. So he's a board-certified psychiatrist who works at Columbia University and did his residency at Yale. Talk about Ivy League, right? So he knows he he has he has the background, he has the the prestige of the school behind him. Let's keep going. So if it's okay with you, I'm gonna jump right in because this topic is so serious and important. How did you, as a medically trained doctor, get pulled into the world of demonic possession? Well, first, uh, thank you, Sean, for the invitation. I always tell people. Um, I didn't volunteer. <laughs> I like that. He didn't volunteer for it. As a medical doctor, he did not volunteer to get into uh, the world of exorcisms and things like that. So um, let's keep going. Hmm. And I'm not sure it's actually a particularly good idea to volunteer for this work. Uh, I'd like to feel it was providential because everything I've done, I've been asked to do over the years. Uh, so... When he talks about providence or things being providential, he's simply talking about um, that he feels that things were orchestrated by God and it's not like by accident, which that's how God works. He, he works in ways that we don't totally understand in the moments, but we can look back and be like, man, Lord, you're, you're an awesome God. Uh, to the point where as a physician, I have probably seen more of these kind of cases than, according to my chairman, uh, than any any physician in, in history. So he has seen more cases that potentially or did deal with possession, according to uh, those in his medical sphere, uh, than any other physician by by the admission of those in his own medical circle uh, i'm not an exorcist but i was asked about 25 years ago by a local priest um who somehow got my name i guess because i was a practicing christian and um i was an academic psychiatrist i was at cornell medical college at the time so he also talks about being at cornell medical college another uh highly prestigious, well-known school in the medical field. 
And he said to me, uh, Dr. Gallagher, would you um, please evaluate a case uh, for me as an exorcist? He was a prominent exorcist in America. Um, I'd like to um, get a psychiatric opinion, even though I think it's a demonic case. So he is being sought out um, for a psych eval, essentially, of a uh, by a priest, um, even though the priest believes this is a demonic case. And like I said, we won't watch the whole video. The whole video is a little bit over hour. Um, but I would encourage you to go back, listen, although um, as a Pentecostal, I kind of have my perspective in regards to how they do things. Um, and not the doctor specifically, just kind of the, the rituals and things that surround an exorcism, uh, as well as my own experiences, those of my pastors, um, their experiences are, we don't do rituals. We don't need rituals um, to see people delivered. We've seen people delivered and it hasn't, it hasn't taken rituals. So, but let's keep going just a little bit further. And I remember Sean uh, telling him at the time, um, there was there was a certain amount of what we called uh, the satanic panic at the time. You may mm. remember that period where yeah. people were that satanists around every corner. And I said, well, Father, you know, I, I, I finished my training at Yale, and quite frankly, I'm a little skeptical of a certain amount of that stuff. So Dr. Gallagher does admit his skepticism. Uh, because of the time period, uh, people are hypersensitive to uh, Satanism, uh, satanic, um, just just kind of, how can I put it, like overdoing situations and thinking that everything is uh, overly spiritual. I'm not one who over-spiritualizes things. Um, I do know how real the supernatural is. Um, how real demons are, fallen angels are, how real holy angels are. Man, that's a totally other experience. Uh, experiencing God's angels in comparison to the demonic, fallen, rebellious angels. Um, but he says he was a, he was a skeptic. So let's hear how that plays out. And he said to me uh, with a smirk, he said, well, then you're the perfect guy for the job. Because... <laughs> They wanted someone skeptical. So over the years since. So he's chosen because of his skepticism. They need somebody who's going to be as objective as possible and not somebody given to over an over spiritual perspective. Uh, and it, it takes balance. It takes experience, prayerfulness. Um, it takes a balanced spiritual lifestyle. And he talks about that in a video later. Um, like I said, it great video overall. He and, uh, and a few other exorcists uh, would send me these cases to evaluate. Uh, I was later invited to join the International Association to write articles, to write a book. And uh, so everything I've done, uh, because really I was asked, which I, I would like to feel, Sean, was a little more providential than if I hmm. rushed in where angels fear to tread. One thing I do disagree on is where he says uh, places where angels fear to tread. Angels aren't scared of demons. You see this in the book of Revelation. There are angels that fight against demons, fallen angels. Uh, read Revelation chapter 12 is a clear depiction. 
angels aren't scared of demons. It's all about, um, it's all about jurisdiction. That's a lot of what it is, jurisdiction. Um, and angels aren't afraid. It's just having the proper jurisdiction as God appointed angels over the nations, which those angels then rebelled against God, against our creator. You can read that in Psalm 82, Psalm 89, Ezekiel uh, 28, and Isaiah 14. So I would encourage you to check those out, read through them. Um, and then I have a video on the fall of Lucifer, uh, the rise of Satan. I think that might be what it called, but I'll link that down below or in the description. Sure. So take us back to that moment where you're asked to consult on a case. Maybe it's the first time you saw somebody that you thought this person is genuinely possessed or experienced a diabolical attack and how did it affect you well let me digress for a minute even though there's a lot of uh, confusion about terminology all right so we're gonna stop right there on this video like i said i will link this down below and we will uh i encourage you to go back listen to that whole thing like i said pointed out his criteria or his um his credentials i should say and um, and so we're going to look at what God has to say, and then I will give my experiences as well for feedback. So let's look at the things that, and not put what Dr. Phil gets wrong, but this could be any medical professional. And yet you go back, you listen to Dr. Gallagher, and I think he has a great balanced perspective because he has experience when it comes to what God has said and things that God shows us he does not uh he does not argue one over the other he shows that there can be physical issues bodily issues health issues and then there can be demonic possession oppression as we call it um in the greek there is not one word versus the other oppression or possession um it's just there's one word that means you're like demonized whether uh, controlled by a demon or what we would say oppression words you're they're messing with you from the outside so here in colossians i wanted to point out um this guy named luke he is a traveling companion with the apostle paul one of jesus says jesus's ambassadors of his kingdom and he's writing to paul is writing to the believers the christians in Colossae. Colosse, however you properly pronounce it, I'll find out one of, the, one of these days. And I just wanted to point out that here in chapter four, he is uh, speaking about this physician named Luke, this doctor named Luke, and he becomes uh, in he becomes important because he writes one of the gospel accounts, and you get to see Luke's perspective on such situations such as illness versus being demonized uh oppressed possessed as we say but it says luke the dearly beloved physician and demons greet you and so here god includes just like with dr gallagher he includes people from different uh, backgrounds medical backgrounds in this particular case and in the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel, we see how Luke breaks down, and we're going to go through some scriptures. We get to see how Luke breaks down and points out certain things uh, 
And God does this on purpose. God uses Luke on purpose for situations like this. He uses the Apostle Paul on purpose. He uses the Apostle Peter on purpose. He uses Mark on purpose uh, to partner with Peter to write uh, Luke or Mark's gospel. He uses Matthew on purpose. He uses John on purpose. He uses all the different writers on purpose to bring their perspective that God wants to use to emphasize certain points to believers. So in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 31, it says, Then he, talking about Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astounded at his teaching because his his message had authority. In the synagogues, there was a man with an unclean demonic spirit who cried out with a loud voice, Leave us alone. What do you have to do with us, Jesus Nazarene or Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So here in the presence of of Jesus Christ, who is Yahweh, Hashem, Adonai, uh, himself, the Lord himself, the God of the nation of Israel. He reveals himself as a human. He he creates himself this human life, uh, starting the conception in the womb of Mary, the offspring of God, the offspring of the spirit, uh, the offspring of uh, Yahweh. He create Yahweh creates himself, Jehovah the Lord creates himself, this human life, this offspring. Um, and in the presence of Jesus Christ, this spirit manifests itself. You don't see it manifesting itself before, uh, and that's what happens. These spirits manifest themselves in the lives of uh, Jesus, or in, in the face of Jesus Christ, or in the face of spirit-filled believers who are deeply walking in the spirit in the in the holy spirit in the holy ghost so continuing on it says but jesus rebuked him and said be quiet and come out of him so we see the supernatural aspect at play let's keep going it says and throwing him down before them all before them the demon came out of him without hurting him at all amazement came over them all and they kept saying one to one another what is this message for he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power and they come out and the news about him began to go out to every place in the vicinity so we see this clear supernatural aspect which uh the mental uh mental health professionals that have no spiritual background no spiritual experience they would say it's all fairy tales it it's just made up fantastic stories. But mind you, this is, let me go back. Mind you, this is Luke writing the beloved physician. And it's, it's, and you're going to kind of see the flip side of this, which is uh, Dr. Gallagher's experience. So verse 38, it says, and he left the synagogue. He entered Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked him about her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. So here there is a medical condition. And here Jesus, just like he did with the demonic spirit, he he speaks to the issue 
the demon here, the medical issue, the fever, he says, uh, so he stood over her and rebuked the fever. This is Luke, the doctor, Luke, the physician, Luke, the medical physician. Uh, he rebuked it and it left her. So just as easy as it was for Jesus to speak to the demon and it leaves, he can speak to a sickness and it leaves. She got up immediately and began to serve them. When the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. As he laid his hands on each of them, he would heal them. So there's the medical aspect. People that were sick with different diseases, they were brought to Jesus. He would lay his hands on them. This is a kind of a Middle Eastern thing, which carries over into today's church as we are told to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But this uh, many times, especially for somebody who uh, is praying in faith, and many times people that are open to being healed by Jesus and those who are walking in the spirit. Also, demons were coming out of many shouting, you are the son of God. So you have the medical and you have the spiritual, the supernatural. Demons were coming out of many shouting and saying, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. He didn't want them to reveal his identity yet because it was not time for his identity uh, who he really was to be revealed for those who wanted to know they would understand those who wanted to do their own thing they would just stumble over it as we see a lot of the religious leaders do uh, in Jesus's day and so we get to see two aspects of we get to see both aspects God acknowledges the medical aspect, and then there's the supernatural aspect. And that's exactly what was going on with Dr. Gallagher. Doctors such as Dr. Phil, they don't have that supernatural experience. They're not supernaturally spiritually minded. And so they can only speak to the one. They can't speak to the other. And yet you have those like Dr. Gallagher who can speak to both because he is not only trained medically, professionally, but he also has the spiritual, supernatural experiences. And so that was that's really kind of my experience. I did not grow up Pentecostal. I grew up a street kid. You can check out kind of my video testimony, my visual testimony when you get to uh, that's kind of my my the first video you see that pops up when you come on the YouTube page as well as go back to the very first video I ever posted on this channel. And you will see, you will hear uh, kind of the, the street uh, slang talk uh, still in my vocabulary um, back in 2010, 2009, 2010, 2011, one of those years. And I was giving my testimony uh, up to that point. And I'll make a, a more updated video as well. But um, getting into the mental health field, I was very skeptical about what mental health was. Was it? Uh, physical things was it supernatural things and through experience through keeping my striving to keep my relationship with Jesus close through prayer through fasting through his word staying close to his church staying close to my pastor staying close to my brothers and sisters in the faith through time and experience the Lord uh, helped me to pick up on there's what's called the gift of discernment that the Lord develops in you uh, after you've received his spirit uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he uh, he helps you to 
develop discernment. And so there were experiences where I, we had some patients in our care and I could talk religion to them and with them. And uh, of course, they would initiate. That was the only way I could talk to them about spiritual things, religious things, is if they opened that door, that opportunity, gave me the opportunity. And we could talk and it would be fine and there would be no issues, there would be no weirdness, and I wouldn't feel no type of way. But we had some patients that came, and one, uh, two particularly, one, he was very much into Freemasonry and all these things. And I don't remember really having too many weird experiences with demons and things on my job up until this point that I can think of. But it was whenever this patient talked to me, it was like my spirit and soul were so uncomfortable. And it was just like alarms going off, like something's wrong, something's wrong. And I was asking the Lord, like, Lord, what is going on? Like, I've never had this issue. And he was in our care maybe two, three months. And uh, he wasn't in our care too long. Uh, usually our patients are in our care uh, six months on average. And uh, this patient comes and goes and everything kind of normal. And this is goes back to that experiential aspect. And let me tell you, God will walk with you down some roads. He will allow you to experience some things because experience is one of the best teachers. If you don't have the certain experiences, you can't say you've learned the lessons or you know or you don't know. And so that patient uh, leaves our care. And then not uh, maybe a couple months later, we end up getting a, a different return patient that uh, this patient had, this was the second time the patient was in our care. Uh, this patient was uh, depressed, stayed in their room, isolated a lot, just stayed in bed. And this particular day, I'm talking to a patient. I, I don't remember what the initial conversation was, but we're sitting in what's called the day room. It's like this lounge room for our patients. And um, across the side, it's a pretty big room. Across the other side, there's these windows that allows you to see into one of the dorm room hallways of the patients. And as I'm talking to this patient in front of me, I can see from my peripheral that this patient is walking by who was in our care the second time was walking by and um, was walking by the window and the Lord caught my attention for whatever reason. It was like, okay, something's going on with this patient, never comes out of his room, been in our care two times now. And so he comes and he sits right behind me i was my back was uh kind of turned so i could talk to this other patient and within a minute or two the patient i was talking to he's like hey chris i'll be right back and so the patient gets up leaves and so i turned because the backs of the chairs uh were it was they're called no throw chairs really heavy um they're not supposed to be patients aren't supposed to be able to throw them with ease and so i, I try to turn sit back my back to the back of the chair and the patient who sits next to me is like, hey, Chris, you're religious or something like that, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know. And so he's like, hey, have you noticed anything different the last few days? And what comes to mind is there had been a lunar or solar eclipse uh, all my days off. My days off were Monday, Tuesday, and this was a Wednesday or Thursday. And that comes to mind, but I'm like, oh, well, what do you mean? I don't just throw it out there. And he's like, well, this spirit that talks to him um, told him that the things that the book of Revelation talks about, the judgments and things, that they weren't going to have to happen. Now, here's where the experience comes in. And this is why I mentioned that first patient about how I felt, because as this patient started talking to me, 
I started having that very uncomfortable feeling again that I, like I said, I hadn't had it uh, any other time talking religious or spiritual points with anybody else. But as this patient is talking to me, I start having that feeling again, like something's wrong, something's wrong. And mind you, I'm at work, I'm on the job. Um, nobody else, like he's not manifesting in that way. The spirit itself is not manifesting, but it was the Lord looking back and asking the Lord, the reason for this experience, it was the Lord helped me to learn what discerning of spirits is and was in that situation. And so he tells me what he needs to tell me. Then he walks off. Mind blowing moment is the patient I was originally talking to comes back and sit next to me. Oh man, uh, shaking my is is uh my spirit is in a good way it's just stirred right now just going back over this moment and that patient i was originally talking to he says chris <laughs> i'm like what's up man he goes you know that was a demon right and blows my mind in that moment i'm like ooh, this dude knew it too and he goes you know that was a demon right i go and i just kind of get quiet and he goes and it came just for you and i'm like oh man mind blowing and i'm quiet dead silent i can't say anything because i'm like man and it lets and it and and these experiences let me know a few things the lord helped me learn a few things there are people that are spiritually sensitive like maybe god just built them that way and that's why i mentioned earlier women typically are a lot more spiritually sensitive kind of goes back to that woman's intuition than us men us men we typically not all of us because uh one of my brothers is a lot more spiritually sensitive naturally than i am i have to kind of maintain uh develop that sensitivity and maintain it my wife uh naturally spiritually sensitive um i have to develop it and maintain it and that comes through my personal relationship with the Lord, spending time with him, setting time aside, spending with him, learning how to get into his presence through praise and worship, repentance where I need to repent from things, turn away from things, acknowledge where I've been wrong, humbling myself, asking him to help me to correct those things and to turn away from those things, whatever it is. But learning how to get into the presence of God and get into the spirit through praise and worship and prayer. Um, and so it helped me to learn some people are just naturally spiritually sensitive. It goes back to my whole point on the psychics, mediums, uh, majority of the time being women because they are more naturally spiritually sensitive because of their emotions. Whenever you get into the spirit or whenever uh, guys can tell you that are spiritually sensitive, it evokes it, it stirs up your emotions. And so... Um, when you've developed that, when you, when the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit starts moving into place and, and the men are sensitive to it, the women usually pop off first. And then the, the men, we usually, uh, we kind of catch on to the cues like, oh, the ladies is, they going, they worshiping, they're, they're in the spirit. So we're trying to get in there too, if we're not, uh, already in there. Uh, and usually, uh, like I said, people that are naturally spiritually sensitive, um, or who just have that who just develop it the lord helps them to develop that sensitivity and so you have to be mindful of what you're dealing with um what's going on do get professional help if you feel like it's needed go seek it hallucinations different things perhaps like that young lady there's some issues that need to be resolved um and it, and on the natural sense 
when those issues are resolved, some of those things, a lot of those things do stop because the, the distress, it's like your body. When your body's under stress, mental or I mean health issues start developing. That's why stress and cortisol in your system, too much of it where you're under a consistent amount of stress, single parents deal with this a lot. It start developing cancers and things like that. I, I want to make a different video on that um, single parenting and getting to where God wants you to be. But uh, be careful. Let me. What are your experiences? That's a question I have. What are your experiences with the spiritual supernatural? And if you don't have any experiences, what stops you from being open to those experiences? Um, whether you're medical uh, healthcare professional, mental healthcare professional you know just your day-to-day -day person uh let me know what your thoughts are let me know what your experiences are give me some feedback and uh, let me know if there's any points that you would like me to dive deeper into but if you want to know about the supernatural um you can check out my video on the holy spirit or you can check out my video on the origin of satan i'll link those down below as well as one of them next to me and until the next video, may you strive to be all God wants you to be. May you draw close to the Lord and may you allow him to help you to be all he created you to be. God bless you in Jesus name.